Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Cambridge Stronger podcast, a podcast where culture counts and values matter most. We're spotlighting our three 2021 Spirit of Cambridge honorees, John Fenwick, Dawn Baker, and Kim Gaxiola. The Spirit of Cambridge Award, which is one of my favorite awards of the year, means a lot to our firm. This award recognizes independent financial professionals who are dedicated to serving their clients while reflecting Cambridge's core values of integrity, commitment, flexibility, and kindness. Every year, Cambridge Home Office Associates vote to select three award recipients from a pool of outstanding financial professionals who have been affiliated with Cambridge for at least 10 years. To honor each award recipient, Cambridge makes a donation to the charity of their choice. This recognition reflects each recipient's commitment to their clients and core values as they work to positively impact their communities. We recently announced our 2021 honorees at Ignite, our annual national conference. And today we have one of our Spirit of Cambridge winners on the show. Joining me for this episode is Dawn Baker of Baker Wealth Management. Congratulations on your selection and thank you for joining me today, Dawn. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this. All right, can't wait for our audience to hear your story. I always like to start these podcasts by asking the guests to do just that, share their story. Everyone's is a little different, and it's been a fascinating journey as we learn about so many of our Cambridge Nation family members. So can you share how you got started in the financial services industry and explain to our audience a little bit at the end of the journey, what does your organization look like today? We'd be happy to. Um... My journey has been very serendipitous. I grew up uh, not wanting to be in this field. I had no interest in it. Um, I was looking to be an astronaut in elementary school and then a physician in college and definitely went down a different path, a chemistry major from Chapel Hill uh, with a business degree. I ended up in Charlotte met Jason, and I began my career in the operations department. I was definitely not a financial planner or branch manager. It was filing papers. Those were for state nights. Some of the guys that he worked with were fairly bossy and condescending, quite frankly. Um, they looked at me just as an operations person and Jason actually gave me some of the best advice of my career. And he said, if you want to be on a level playing field, you got to get licensed. There's just no way around it. And that began my journey, my career. So in the beginning, it was pretty much just Jason and I sitting around in the kitchen. We were a small mom and pop shop. And our organization has grown quite a bit in which we serve our clients as well as reps. That's, that's my journey. It, that's how you made it. So yeah. let me follow up on that a little bit. Um, I find in our industry, the licensing can be one of the obstacles for people getting into our industry and not so much the process of licensing itself, but the earlier concept of licensing that it, it's just, it, it appears to someone considering their various options that that might be a barrier that especially if they're not, they're not good test takers maybe, or, you know, everybody has their own reasons why it sounds intimidating, but 
talk a little bit about um, for you, was it you got the advice and then just did it or did you have to give it some thought? Uh, was there some consideration behind whether or not it was worth the time and energy depending on where you knew you were going to take your career? I think that's a great question for me personally. If you tell me I can't do something or it's a challenge to jump in with two feet and go ahead and get done and prove everyone wrong. So for me, it was getting the books, reading it, taking test after test and practicing. I think one of the big obstacles for people is they don't respect the test. These are hard tests out there and you have to give it the time and consideration. But if this is your career, if this is the path that you want to do, there's just no way to gain around it. Respect the test. I think that's great advice. And I think Jason gave you some good advice too, regardless of uh, gender or generation, lots of other things. Having that test, even though some people may think uh, only a small portion of it might be applicable to exactly where they want to take their career, but that, that test is like a designation. It's like a rite of passage. It mm -hmm. is a credibility issue. And if you could go into a little bit more detail, did it help? Did it do what it was supposed to do for you? It, it's a barrier to entry for some people. It's a wall that they have to climb. Did it help me become a bear planner? No, the test didn't help me become a bear planner. It was reading books. It was reading the industry periodicals. It's learning from my colleagues. That's what made me a good planner, listening to clients. Taking a test, it's just one day in your life. But in order to do what I do today, you have to take the test. There's no way around it. Yeah, makes sense. So you talked, you uh, referred to Jason a couple of times. I'm going to yes. share with our uh, audience. So you founded the firm in 2000, I believe with mm -hmm. your husband, Jason yes. Baker. Uh, what specifically drew the two of you then in your journey to the independent space? I know you both worked for other firms previously that were in different segments. So tell me what independence has meant for both of you. Well, I actually lucked into the independent arena. I was with regional uh, BDs before. However, I've always had the independence. This has been my first and only career. However, let me answer what keeps me in the independent space. And mainly that's the freedom of choice. With the independent space, we shifted from just servicing our clients to actually servicing our reps as well. And the main reason why is, is I find reps incredibly interesting. Each one has a different perspective of how to run their own business. Each one has their own flavor and you can't mimic that flavor. It works for that rep. And I love being able to jump in and see these different models and get new ideas. And to be quite frank with you, the best ideas actually come from the reps in the field. How many uh, independent financial professionals do you have in your uh, organization? And at Cambridge Nation, we call them enterprises for our audience. Mm -hmm. So if you hear me use that term, that's what we're talking about here. But yeah. how many do you serve? We, we have over 20 as well as their assistance in growing. Um, our, we, we constantly recruit and we are looking for reps 
that fit our business model. And let's talk more about that model. So your perfect recruit, your perfect addition to your family there at Baker Wealth Management looks like what? They align with our core values. And our core values are very much aligned with Cambridge. Um, we, they need to be committed in serving their clients first. We want them to be transparent and honest and develop authentic relationships with their clients and with us. Their job, our job as advisors, isn't just to deliver good news and make everyone happy and say, everything will just be fine. It's to provide guidance through those rocky times. The other aspect we look for in a rep is continuous improvement through education. You'll hear me talk about this a lot, education, education, education. Whether it's in operations, compliance, technology, or just being in the field, working with clients, time and situations change. And I believe it's imperative to continually improve yourself so we can serve our clients better, whether it's reps or our end clients. How much time would you say as an entrepreneur who's kind of built two different channels within your organization, your personal wealth management, as well as serving others, how much time do you in particular spend on one side or the other? I would say I spend more time actually serving the reps. Jason, who is my husband and business partner, he spends all of his time working on our client book. I would say that 70 to 80% of my time is working on the branch and improving our processes within the branch, as well as rep development. Great. And uh, throwing something in here regarding, so you've, you've also got a family. Yes. And you are, I always like to highlight for our listeners, the amount of flexibility that a career in our industry really offers, because I think it's something that is not intuitive and often gets missed. So tell us a little bit about where, when you're not working, who are you spending your time with? I am spending my time with my 14-year-old daughter, who is a freshman in high school. Love spending time with her, even though she might not reciprocate at this point in time. <laughs> She's stuck with me, as well as my husband. We have uh, two palm cheese. They're about 10-pound dogs, and they come to work with us. So we are a very family-oriented wealth uh, management practice. That's awesome. I, yeah. As I said, I like to always highlight the fact that you know, the flexibility allows you to build the organization, the business, the practice. I'm using all different words because that's, that's evidence of the flexibility. You choose mm -hmm. and control your journey. And you've done a great job, in my opinion, of choosing three different paths, uh, which is always pretty exciting to hear. Actually, I want to highlight that I believe this is one of the best careers out there for women. I can't believe how disproportionate uh, financial services is uh, between men and women. The flexibility is absolutely unbelievable. I can't emphasize it enough. I never had to choose between family and a career. 
I never had to exit the workforce and lose valuable time in my 30s to decide, am I going to be a mom or am I going to be a business owner? I never had to do that. Now, it was a balancing act. I won't say it was easy. It was hard. You still have to take on appointments. You still have to make phone calls. You still have to get your work done. But for instance, if school ends at three o'clock, you can take off between three and eight or three and nine and then go back to work after the kid or kids are in bed. It's fantastic. Thanks for uh, expanding on that. I do think that's a point that we just have a drum we must continue to beat to make sure that we get the word out as best we can. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, women in this profession, I can't believe how underserved it is. My, my sister's a nurse and she's working double shifts going in, uh, you know, in the middle of the night. And I'm just thinking, oh, you poor thing, trying to be a mom and be a be inside the career. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to, let's talk a little bit about your firm. So um, I know that your firm focuses on a values-based approach. Describe, I know we talked about your core values, but just, and, and how that applies to financial professionals that you're serving, but let's talk about how that plays when you're serving clients. What are the end investors that you work with know about your values-based approach? Space approach, what they know is, is that we are putting their interests first or foremost all the time. Um, when we meet with a client, we do rounds, meaning we talk about the client individual situation. And we have three planners for Jason's main practice. We have three planners and we look at the client's individual situation very objectively. Now, what this does is because the client is paying for one financial planning fee, they're paying for one AUM fee, they're getting three brains for the price of one. What's truly eye-opening is we have three people sitting down, looking at the same client, same set of facts, and because of our life experiences, we can look at this client in a different light. So sometimes we have three solutions for the same client. We're not forcing a, a portfolio or an objective onto the client, but rather hearing the client, listening to the client, hearing their story and presenting the best class ideas to that client. Sometimes the clients are very funny because there's, they say to us, well, what would you do? And we'll go through the pros and cons, but by the time they make the decision, we feel as though they have the best in class ideas in front of them. And your approach is very goals-based as well. It is. How important, coming back to that independent space that you've chosen to build your career in, how important does that become as clients are establishing their goals and you're assisting them in meeting those goals? I'm not going to say flex flexibility is important. I'm going to say it's actually required. The reason why it's required is each client's coming in to their 
life situation, their life goals with a different lens on. We have clients who own real estate. Many companies don't want us to um, discuss any of the real estate transfers that offer tax-free transfers. We were able to do that for a client. It saved them a million dollars in taxes. That flexibility is imperative when we are working with our clients. Yeah, great examples. Um, that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. I like to think it takes, you know, it's, it's funny where I feel like our industry in particular, our segment of the industry is often defending the fact that we work for our clients in their best mm -hmm. interest. And uh, you've just given some examples of why flexibility and independence is really critical to mm -hmm. giving you the tools that you need and the approach that you need to do what's in the best interest of your client. I think a lot of firms believe that client's path is linear. That's perfect. It's almost like you're born, you go to school, you go to college, you get married, you have baby one, you have a house, whatever. And it's a very linear path. Most of us don't have a linear path and we need to be able to adjust our sales to account for those life changes. And I might think something is crazy. For instance, I have a client who wants to buy a boat and retire on the boat and spend a lot of money on this. This is her lifelong dream. Who am I to say that's wrong? That's not wrong. It might be wrong for me, but it's not wrong for her. And she's worked 40 years. She deserves to have her dream. She has the same dream that my husband and I have. So you'll have to let me know how it turns out because I will say it's actually his dream and I'm just riding along on his coattails because most of the time I'm not sure. It sounds like a great idea in retirement and no rumors starting. I'm not retiring tomorrow. This is like that future, but um, people do it and they love it. So I'm sure she'll have a great time. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, how important to you is charitable work? And are there any particular charities that you and your firm are most passionate about? For us, yes, we are very embedded in our communities. We donate to many organizations, uh, whether it's time or money. I personally am focused on education. The reason why we focus on education, it's a great equalizer. It breaks down barriers and levels the playing field. So we are big proponents of education. We have purchased supplies for various classrooms in the Charlotte area, and we have done matching grants for larger projects, such as a poster printer for a school. So that is our passion. We also support our employees and their interest. One of our employees, she's in her 70s. She is fantastic and she is very active in the Order of the Eastern Star up in Virginia. And they do a lot of projects for children and women. It's an all women's group. And we have been heavily supporting that charity as well. Thank you for investing your time in such worthy causes. It's great. Um, how many employees do you have? Uh, I think we, we didn't mention that, but you've got a big organization there. How many employees does it take to serve? 
We're growing and uh, we're like many other organizations, we're looking for staff now. But um, one thing I'm very proud of is, is that we have long-term employees. So Jolene, who started off as part-time, she's been with us over five years. She's approaching six years. Uh, she was a part-time employee and now she is in charge of our operations inside Baker Wealth. She's awesome. I've got Gail. She was part of an acquisition and she is insurance licensed and does a lot of our client relations work. And I have got Georgia Strait, who is phenomenal. She has more energy than I do in her 70s. And she is like the energizer bunny. She is just this ball of positivity and goes out there and just does whatever we need her to do. We have a great team. What a great uh, characteristic to have around, especially maybe the last 18 to 24 months when things have been challenging for a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Just having that bright light of positivity in your organization got to be serving some awesome purposes for you. Actually, one of the things that we did as an organization was we noticed that when COVID started, we were all in a slump. We weren't seeing each other and we were supposed to have vacations and whatnot together and it didn't happen. So we started daily Zoom meetings and just seeing everybody's face. It doesn't take the place of in-person. However, it's nice to see everyone. Yes, I think we're, we're all learning how to manage the hybrid environment, whatever that means uh, for each organization. Yes. So um, you're a huge advocate, advocate for education, obviously. Uh, what do you do personally to keep yourself going on that education track? It's a great question. Um, well, I went and I got my CFP a couple of years ago. So I went back to school for the CFP. I did online training and it was awesome. Again, one of the flexible components of our industry. I am looking at taking some tax and legal courses. So I actually do practice what I preach. I look into designations. I do a lot of reading. Um, I also talk to people in the field and see what's working for them and, and uh, listen to what they are doing to better themselves as well. Learning from each other. It's a great exactly. thing. Exactly. So I'd also like to share with our audience, you have been invited to speak at our national conferences and women's forums and other things to address all kinds of things because you've got a lot of uh, gifts to offer. But especially around successful branch management strategies, because that can be challenging, especially as you're starting off, trying to build your value proposition and the right model for you and align yourselves with the right advisors. Can you describe some of the actual strategies that you use for the audience on managing that? Probably the big, biggest word of advice I could give to anybody listening is understand and embrace that change is inevitable. Just when you think that your waters are calm and everything's smooth sailing and everything is good, there can and will be turbulence ahead. You might not know what's packaged as. And you want to know something? It's okay. It's fine. 
be able to adjust your sales. Don't change yourself to make someone else happy. You don't have to change your practice to make someone else happy. If it's working for you, that's what's going to attract like-minded people. Be the authentic you. Don't be anybody else. It's hard enough being yourself. And the paths that are revealed are just amazing. So embrace it. Enjoy the journey. Thank you for sharing that. Great advice. Great wisdom. So let's end on a fun note. I know we talked about your family earlier and the fact that you spend a lot of time with them and your palm cheese. But I also believe you're an outdoor enthusiast. Uh, all of you must be, because I know you do spend a lot of time together. So what are some of the specific activities you do in your free time, particularly outdoors? Oh, my goodness. We, I am an avid yogi. I love yoga. I did not know that. Yes, I do yoga. Every Saturday morning, you can find Jason and I and a bunch of our friends doing Tai Chi on our back deck. I love that as well. Two of my favorites. We are going to be boaters. We just, we live near a lake. So we are starting to get our feet wet into boating and love swimming, traveling. Um, although that's been kind of curtailed, but the last major trip we had was to Taiwan where our daughter booked us our cab drivers as well as massage sessions and dinners and whatnot so it's very weird being dependent on your 14 year old <laughs> I bet. and then we found some newfound skills during covid and mine is i learned how to make pasta i roll my own pasta now and that was a covid skill that i learned i love the approach so many took where to your point and it's a great term you took the time maybe that we were all it appeared to be forced on us and there were a lot of terrible things tragedies that happened to so many people but some of us did learn some new things and took that time to find some new skills that maybe we wouldn't have had this not happened i will say we after the first couple weeks of covid when we learned that this is going to be part of our life in some way we decided to change our mindset from viewing COVID as a curse, and it's bad. We, we've known people very sick and pass away, but we used it as a gift of time. And we took that time to focus on ourselves as well as our company. What a fantastic way to end a wonderful session. Thank you for joining me. Is there anything I didn't ask that you think our audience should know about you, your approach? I think we're good. I think we're good. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Cambridge Stronger. I invite you to listen to my podcast episodes where I have candid conversations with genuine inspirational financial professionals and leaders within this fiercely independent financial services industry. The best of the best, the strongest of the strongest. You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app. If you like what you've heard, please give us a review and head on over to our blog for more content at cambridgestronger.com. That's cambridgestronger.com.